Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One of the biggest names of the NFL offseason that everybody's had eyes on is Odell Beckham Jr. Where's he going to go and what's it going to mean? Well, we got that answer yesterday. And what some are saying is shocking with this development, OBJ is headed to the Ravens on a $15 million guaranteed deal that could be worth up to $18 million. So the real question is, is this about Baltimore? Is it about Lamar? Or is it just about a fat payday? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you. First and foremost, we got to say thanks. Uh, I, I was listening as we left on Friday. We had the chance to sit in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I was listening as we left, and Q was doing a great job. Randy Scott was doing a great job. I thought there'd be more Raiders talk, frankly. Two big Raiders guys. Thought there'd be, But we appreciate them holding down the fort. Like This show has become our baby, Harry, so we were both a little territorial with anybody else sitting in the seat. So uh, the guys did a great job. Yeah, they did a wonderful job, and I even text Evan that I was listening, you know, to the show while I was in my room doing some XFL work, and I thought those guys did a phenomenal job filling in for myself and and also you, Fitz, and, you know, I, I'm very appreciative of, of them being able to be available to fill in while, while we were gone. Yeah, well, and we appreciate radio letting us hang out, do the morning show, have a good time, but we love being back here with everybody right now where we get to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., and frankly, what, what some sees, yeah, I mean, what was your reaction here? Because for me, I looked at this, and the minute I saw the news, I was like, okay, uh, fine. Like, he signed with the Ravens, and then the second I saw $15 million fully guaranteed, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I'm with the Ravens for $15 million. I Like, to me, this feels like a money move. Well, I'll say this. Before Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Baltimore Ravens, my mindset on him going to that organization and that team uh, wasn't strong because of the question marks at the quarterback position in Lamar Jackson. Now, when I, I was at my, 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 my in-law's house yesterday and an, an alert came on my phone, and I was looking at it, I was like, hmm, Odell Beckham Jr. going to the Ravens? And I immediately said to myself, okay, how much money did he get? And then when I seen, you know, an $18 million contract, $15 million guaranteed, I said to myself, ooh, man, that's a lot of money. Because, you know, there were the rumblings about Odell Beckham Jr. asking for $20 million. And he came back and said, you know, I'm not asking for $20 million, but I'm also not taking four. Right? So seeing a guy who's had two ACL injuries and didn't play an entire season last year because of that ACL and when that injury occurred in the Super Bowl, uh, being a Super Bowl champion, Odell Beckham Jr., that is, I was like, okay, I didn't think he was going to get anywhere between, you know, 14 and 18 or 14 to 20 million dollars. I thought he was going to get between, you know, somewhere between, I'll say, 7 million and, and probably 12. But I, when the Baltimore Ravens gave him that much money, it said this to me that they feel like they can compete and contend for a Super Bowl, not just in years uh, looking ahead, but right now. And right now is the moment for this team. You look at also who they have on their roster. You talk about Mark Andrews at the tight end position. Isaiah Likely is a guy that I think is going to be more involved. You have Devin Duvernay coming back. Also Rashad Bateman along with signing Nelson Aguilar. I think this team is going to have a nice little nucleus at the wide receiver position. Something that they did not have the entire time that Lamar Jackson was there. So I was pretty surprised by it. But I will also tell people, I mean, we can't forget that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens 
still have some friction and things that they need to work through. That's the point where I am right now when it comes to that organization. Well, here's the thing about the organization. They've never had a wide receiver make the Pro Bowl. Also, they've ranked last in the NFL in receiving yards by wideouts in three of the past four seasons. When you think about that lack of production, uh, you look at it and say, okay, to me, this is kind of simple. This is a win-win for the Ravens because, frankly, if they have Lamar Jackson, great. Then you've added Odell Beckham Jr. and you've got Lamar Jackson. You feel like that's dynamic. If you don't have Lamar Jackson, you still have Tyler Huntley or if they were to find a way to draft somebody this year, you need better production at the wide receiver position anyway. So, realistically, as an organization, I could see them saying, hey, this is great if it helps bring in Lamar, but even if it doesn't, it's still good for whoever's going to have to take over. And for Odell Beckham Jr., I just keep thinking, no matter what you thought coming into this, like, you and I could sit down and say, you know what, there's only one guy in the world I want to do radio with. There's only one person I'm going to do radio with every day, and his name is Harry Douglas. And then they slide over that piece of paper that I always imagine in these negotiations, (laughs) and I see $15 million. I'm like, Harry who? Never heard of him. I don't know who Harry Douglas is. I'll work with whoever you want to put in for $15 million. Like, there is a level of me for, when you think about what OBJ has gone through to get back into the league, right? He He had to schedule a workout for teams to come to. Not a lot of players have to do that, that have the resume he's done. He had to really prove to everybody that he was healthy enough to play. He's been fighting for value for how long? It has to sink in at some point that this might be his last big check in the NFL. So as much as we make everything about, well, what's this mean for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and what's it mean for Lamar? Part of me just looks around and says, man, if you're taking one shot and it might be your last shot, you want to fatten your bank account the most you possibly can and somebody offers you a way to do that, like... Money talks. It, it, the business side of this, oh, money yes, talks. Does. Oh, yes, it does. And right, I, and you heard the reports that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. gave the, uh, the New York Jets an opportunity to try to match what the Baltimore Ravens were going to give him. But let's be honest. You know, if he would have went to the Jets, he wasn't going to be a number one wide receiver. That's already taken for the Jets, right? So you look at the Baltimore Ravens, I don't think that that position is taken for the Baltimore Ravens. So he can also be a number one wide receiver. Now you have Rashad Bateman, but he's coming off injury and he hasn't played a full season as long as uh, also alongside uh, OBJ. But I think you look at the history of Odell and what he's been able to do in this league and you can easily say, okay, Odell's going to be the number one guy moving forward. Yeah, he's he has the chance to get a ton of looks. He gets to be a feature, feature part but of this offense. But it's money talks, man. Yeah, he got the cash. Money talks because when you can get $15 million guaranteed on an $18 million contract at the wide receiver position, when your market probably wasn't that because of the injury history and not playing a year of football on top of getting older, I don't know if I care who my quarterback is. It's not that it's not like Odell hasn't already won a Super Bowl. Now let's now let, me, let, let me say this too though. He is a guy that's competitive and he likes to compete and he does like to win. But when you have a team that's probably the only team that's offering you eighteen million dollars and fifteen guaranteed, uh, let me get my ink pen. Fixed. Mm-hmm. What do I? What do I sign? What do I sign <laughs> yeah, the contract? Yeah, I'm gonna be your agent for that contract, so I could just get my 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 little. <laughs> what do I sign? Yeah, uh, you can sign wherever you want. I mean, you just you just take it. It's yours, Harry. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, at at some point, it's easy though to stack the bricks on. Well, he must be talking to OBJ. I, I think a lot of you at this point have seen the Instagram post that's out there that shows the two of them FaceTiming again. You got two friends, and one of them just got paid to go join the team. It seems to make sense that they would be FaceTiming. But Damian Woody. ESPN NFL analyst on GetUp said he thinks that there's got to be some tie here. 
And this is common sense, right? As much as we talk about the bag, and he got a big bag. Okay? He got a bag. He got a big bag. <laughs> but you don't walk into a situation if you're Odell, if you don't have some type of inkling that you, you got some assurances at the quarterback position, yeah. okay? Because not only does he want to get paid this year, which he's going to get paid, but he also wants to get set up to possibly get a long-term deal like Mark, like Swaggoo was talking about. So, listen, we saw the Instagram post uh, yesterday. We saw, the, you know, those guys letting it be known, like, Okay, okay, now we, we got something. I got a Lamar Jackson got a guy in Odell Beckham Jr. If he's healthy and he's ready to go, that could be a true difference maker in that offense. I just, Harry, I'm just not buying it. Like, it, because Lamar has been so stuck on this is my value and I know my worth. You suddenly think that Odell Beckham Jr. being, and I say this gently, nobody's overpaid. It's whatever the market will give you. But Odell Beckham Jr. getting an eyebrow-raising contract at the wide receiver position right now is suddenly going to be the reason. So they'll pay a premium for OBJ, but they won't pay a premium for their quarterback. Like, OBJ calling him is going to be the reason he says, oh, now I'll take a discount. Like, that doesn't make any sense in the world to me. Well, that, that's why I was mentioning early on when we, we started talking about this topic, right? Is that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Baltimore Ravens is just going to, you know, take away everything and the friction that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens organization has. There's a, still a lot of things that those those guys have to work out and, you know, get settled before Lamar Jackson comes back and even plays. So I don't think you, you can just ignore that. Now, is it – do I think it's strategic by the Baltimore Ravens organization? Yes, because they haven't had the wide receiver production, but you get a guy in Odell Beckham who, you know, Lamar Jackson is probably fond of at that position – is that one of the pieces to the puzzle? Yes, but it's a hundred damn pieces to the puzzle. That just might be two of the pieces that needs to be fit into it to, to get it completed. Yeah, and kudos to OBJ. He went out there, he fought for his value, and he got his value. We'll keep you updated on it, obviously. Speaking of updates, uh, we just got this from Shefty. At least six teams have inquired with the Arizona Cardinals about trading up for the third overall pick in the upcoming 20, April 27th NFL Draft. Per league sources, Cardinals still mulling whether to move the pick or make it. At least uh, six they need to move. teams. At least think about that. What are they moving for? Nobody's <laughs> trading to up to third overall for Will Anderson. As good as Will Anderson is, I'm telling you, Harry, four, top four. One, two, to three, four. They're all going to go quarterbacks. <laughs> we'll, we'll break down what they should do and why. Plus, speaking of quarterbacks, it's not a hot take or is it? Is Lamar even a top 10 quarterback? The exercise is actually tougher than you would think. We'll break it down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hot take alert. You see Lamar Jackson saying, I have officially requested a trade. Is it over for him at all? I feel like Lamar Jackson is fed up. He doesn't want to be there. Go get your money. Keep doing what you do. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You see Lamar Jackson saying, I have officially requested a trade. Is it over for him at all? I feel like Lamar Jackson is fed up. Lamar means business. He doesn't want to be there. Go get your money. Keep doing what you're doing. Flips in for the touchdown. This is a spec or value thing. I think he's trying to shake up the dynamics. Unbelievable. Some people say there's no cost too high for a great quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Odell Beckham Jr. is not a Baltimore Raven. 
which raises some questions about what it means for Lamar Jackson. But there's also an overall question about exactly who Lamar Jackson is that not everybody agrees on. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And uh, Harry, we'll get to it in just a second. But uh, the, we're still bull shooketh by the news uh, from Adam Schefter just uh, minutes ago. Six teams trying to trade up with the Cardinals. I know you were looking at the Cardinals roster during the break. The more we think about and Harry and I will be together for you for every pick of the draft on the NFL, on all of our digital platforms. Candy and Carlin will be right here on ESPN Radio. You don't want to miss it. ESPN has you covered across the board. You can watch it on TV. Uh, you can have the radio side on it. And if you want to see, uh, see us, uh, have a good time and me rip a bunch of shots because that's what I'm going to do when the Raiders go off the rails. Uh, you can watch us on digital. But Harry, the more I look at this, the Cardinals know they're not going to win right now. Kyler Murray's not going to be healthy this season. If, you're, if you've really got six teams out there, then you take the best offer. You move down and you just start accumulating talent, right? Yeah, right now I think it's all about draft capital. When I look at their defense, right, and their defensive line in particular, they lost J.J. Watt because J.J. Watt decided that he was going to retire. Also, Zach Allen was the guy right behind J.J. Watt that got the most sacks. The leading sacker on their team right now is a linebacker in Isaiah Simmons, who's the jack-of-all-trades, can play a lot of different positions on, the, on your defense. But he, right now, is the leader with four sacks last year. Second is Maje Sanders, who's also an, uh, another you know, linebacker-type player. Defensive line-wise, you need guys. And I think they need guys in the secondary as well. The corner position, Marco Wilson's coming back, but they still need other guys at the corner positions. So you do everything that you can to get draft capital to start building your team. Now, I think the Arizona Cardinals moving forward into next year's draft, 2024 draft, is an opportunity to also be picking first or second overall. So now you have more decisions if you end up in those positions to kind of, you know, think about trading Kyler Murray and picking a quarterback that you want if you're Jonathan Gannon and also uh, there with the new general manager as well. So it's all kind of draft capital you know, moving forward for this football team, in which I think will be good building from the ground up. Yeah, they're in complete rebuild mode, so it would make sense. We'll keep you updated on that. One of the names we might see moved around on draft, well, there's a couple of them. Quarterbacks could be on the move. Uh, it would make a lot of sense when we get to draft night, if, if possible. That could be a time when we see Aaron Rodgers traded. It could also be a time where if we are at an impasse, if there's a deal to be made, maybe Lamar Jackson is out there. Uh, maybe that is a time when Baltimore figures something out. But Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL senior re- reporter on Key Sean J. Willemack said this about how Lamar is viewed within the league circles. And this is just based on polling a ton of people around the league for years about the quarterback position. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, unquestionably right now top five to six quarterbacks in the league in the eyes of the NFL. Lamar Jackson is not that. I'm talking like top five to six. I just, teams don't see him the way the media does. So the question is, how do teams seem see Lamar, but also... Where is he? Because like, here's the thing, Harry, and I, I, I think this phrase, and follow me for a second. When people say he's a top 10 player, I think what they mean is that he's a top 10 caliber player, not necessarily, oh, I've sat there and done the math in my head, and he's definitely, he's number eight. You know what I mean? Like, I think the phrase top 10 is general, but there is an interesting sort of would you rather exercise on Lamar? Like, is Lamar a top 10 quarterback? Well, I think we both agree, like, if we went through some of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are huge names, we all know Patrick Mahomes is the best, right? We can agree that Patrick Mahomes is one on the list of all the quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Okay, so, and I think we both agree that right now, if I had the choice in a would you rather game between Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, I would take Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, but here's the thing, though, Fitz. I think it's okay for to do for okay for us to do this with the top two quarterbacks. I think once you start to get to three, I think it can range and it can vary. 
you know, when you look at these guys' skill set, and also you got to factor into the into consideration who they have around them. When you compare Lamar Jackson, let's just say hypothetically to a Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, um, a Josh Allen, and all these other guys, even Trevor Lawrence now and, and Jalen Hurts, he has done the most with the least around him. So we have to start factoring those things in, and let's not just go – I mean, let's rewind things back to the playoffs this past season. Justin Herbert was up 27 to nothing versus the Jacksonville Jaguars and lost that playoff game. But we don't give him the same, you know, criticism that we give Lamar Jackson for only having one playoff win. And I, I just don't understand that narrative. Now, Justin Herbert is the prototypical quarterback. He's 6'6", you know, elite arm talent, can make every throw on the football field. But he's also had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler in the backfield alongside of him. Lamar Jackson hasn't had those type of guys. So if I made you the GM of a team that was starting from scratch and you could build whatever you wanted around him, would you take Justin Herbert or would you take Lamar Jackson? Well, Justin Herbert is the prototypical franchise quarterback, right? He's what everybody sees and wants at that position. But Lamar Jackson, you're telling me, and this executive thing that you know Jeremy Fowler was talking about is just bogus to me because two years ago in the AFC, the Ravens had the number one seed with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback when he was healthy. Just a year ago, they, they were the best team in the AFC North and had a win over, you know, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at that point. So what are these, what are these executives looking at? I, I don't disagree with that, but also if I was an executive looking at it today and saying, okay, if I like if I can pick any quarterback, I mean, sitting here right now, saying, it's going to be the it's going to be the most prototypical quarterback that you can have on the board. So that's why it's easy to say, okay, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, I would put Justin Herbert in that category. Is right now quarterbacks I would rather have than Lamar Jackson. Maybe that's a better way to say it than than specifically better. It gets tougher for me for somebody like Deshaun Watson because Deshaun looked terrible last year, and I know yes. we asked he asked to knock the rust off, but we don't really have a full indication right now of, of who Deshaun Watson like. Are are we going to base this based on the best of Deshaun that we saw in the past? Because if we're going to do the best of Deshaun we saw in the past, we also have to do the best of Lamar that we saw in the past. You know, so that, like a Josh Allen, I would take Josh Allen before I would take Lamar Jackson. I don't think that's a necessarily a hot take, right? So that's where for you know for from, for some of this value conversation, you know, without really having to try, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all better quarterbacks in my mind right now, or quarterbacks that that I would rather have than well, Lamar. But, but but here's what I would ask you. Let's just say Lamar Jackson was in Buffalo and Josh Allen was with the Ravens. Do you think the Ravens would have still had the success that they had with Josh Allen versus Lamar? Yeah, I think I think Josh without, Allen without, is that good. Without, without the elite wide receivers. Yeah, I think Josh Allen is that good. Yeah, I think. Okay, so, so let me ask you this. What do you think Lamar Jackson could have did with the Buffalo Bills having a Stephon Diggs, having a Gabriel Davis? Yeah, I think he would take a huge step forward. I, I think okay. you're right. Like, I do think he would take a huge step forward. It's hard for me, though, to – like, one is an if and one is a – I've seen it, right? Like, I've seen yes. the step forward from Josh Allen. So that's why, you know, versus, let's say, even Jalen Hurts. Like, we've seen what Jalen Hurts did with great weapons around him. Do I think Jalen Hurts – Along as tre uh, Trevor Lawrence as well. Yeah. And, and right. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, a quarterback that threw four picks in that same uh, playoff game you're talking about. And they came back and won, but he threw four interceptions in it. Like Trevor Lawrence is part of the reason they were getting their asses kicked by by the Chargers at that point, True. right? So, you know, it is funny when we talk about the inconsistent play of Lamar in the playoffs. It's just an interest, like the concept that he isn't a top ten quarterback. Well, that's tough. 
but there are definitely names in the in the AFC alone that I would take above Lamar. Like I don't think adding Lamar is suddenly going to make uh, you know uh, any of these teams better than the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You know that that's the hard it's, part about it. I, I just think it's apples and oranges when we try to compare Lamar to the other guys when the other guys have lethal skill position players on their roster to help make their case when Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. Yeah, you're not wrong, uh, and I think that's part of what makes the evaluation tough. You guys can chime in on this, by the way. Triple eight, say ESPN eight. 888-729-3776. Where's Lamar rank for you guys? Uh, Let us know your thoughts. We love having the debate with you guys, making you guys part of the show. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Of course, we will get back to the NFL. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. Man, they, they ticked you off, huh? I mean, they ticked you off, my man. I, that, that, I'm just saying, like, let, we make these things so complicated. Like, uh, but I love the fact you said it with your chest, too. Like, you, you said it with your chest. You know what? I'm out here. I'm just out. I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm out in these streets now. That's what's happening. I'm out well, in these streets. I'm out here. He said, I'm out here. Oh, I'm, my God. I'm I out in these Fitz. streets. Please I clip that you, off. Fitz. Evan and Devin, please clip that off. Please. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll let you guys chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That's how you guys can get in on the conversation. We've asked you guys for your thoughts on Lamar. Obviously, where does he rank through the whole perspective of the uh, of the NFL and the best quarterbacks? We'll get to your calls. Uh, we're getting. We're just going to peek behind the curtain. We're going to get to the calls right now. We, we, there was a little variable there. Hot round, hot round, audible, audible. Let's take some calls here. Josh in New Orleans. Josh, for th- thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Appreciate the call, guys. Um, coming from a New Orleans Saints fan, uh, not used to too much success in the playoffs. I'm used to over padded stats in the regular season being Drew Brees. That's what Lamar Jackson is. I understand he has an MVP and he does well and he does all these spin moves and he can do it. If you're down by 10 points with six minutes left in the game, do you trust Lamar Jackson to throw the ball 150 yards and go down the field and get you touchdowns? No, not at all. And the whole, like, Harry, I understand he doesn't have any offensive weapons, but I could also say Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs without any offensive weapons. So, like, that argument is, is, is void. He has one playoff win his entire whoa, career. Whoa, 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 whoa. He, Stop. Please. Aaron Rodgers won two-time MVP without offensive weapons. Devontae? Do you not watch? Do you have cable? Do you Devontae? not watch football? Because Devontae Adams, in my eyes, is still a top two, three receiver in the National Football League. I mean, Devontae had a massive year last year with Derek freaking Carr. He got to get cable because he obviously doesn't Do have Do we still have Josh? Do we still like – uh, the, the other part of it is, again, I'll go to the playoffs. He said the playoff record, uh, so I, I don't know if we lost Josh here, but I'll say this. The playoff record is uh, he, not not good enough. Well, nobody's holding that against Justin Herbert, who, again, was part of a 27-point meltdown. Also, if your argument is that he's bad against good teams, which I know was part of what uh, you were calling in for, I will remind you that uh, against teams with a winning record right now of the active quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's record is uh, fifth, according to sportsandfitnessdigest.com. So, quick, quick, uh, quick note on that, but... <laughs> But People third is to, Jimmy G. To, so I guess to, you want to give like 
they tried to create their own narratives, man, like against Lamar Jackson. I just don't understand it. I never will get it either. I mean, if we're just going to go by beating good teams, again, Jimmy G's third, so I guess the Raiders underpaid for that value. He's obviously epic. I say dripping with sarcasm. Uh, Brian in <laughs> Kentucky. Brian, thanks for on the show, man. What you got? Hey, what's up? Love you guys. Love the energy you bring. Thanks. Uh, real quick, I would take, if I was running a team, I would take Lamar Jackson because I've seen him do the most with the least where I can put, you know, focus my attention on other areas of the team for building. No, I that's think all I got. that's a, that's a great point. And by the way, two years ago, uh, when the Ravens were, were in the playoff hunt through the conversation, no team had lost more game, more games by starters to injury than the Ravens. At one point, remember they were using like fourth string running backs that nobody had ever heard of. And they were still doing a run heavy offense with Lamar, just getting pounded. They were still the number games. one seed in the AFC at that time. I mean, that is that is part of the wild part of this conversation. Like, and, and I think it's fair to turn around and say, well, does he have you know Jamar Chase and T Higgins? No. Uh, would it be amazing to see him with those? Yes. Like that's part of the incomplete, but that's not his fault. That's the Ravens' organizational mistake. Chris in Maryland. Chris, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? Man, you, you guys kind of took some of my, my my points, man. But the Lamar disrespect is just getting out of hand. Like, to for one, I heard Max earlier say Jalen Hurts. And just just last year, they were they were talking about Jalen Hurts not even being a starting quarterback. Uh, it's like you said, Lamar has done the most with the least. He's being forced to do things uh, that that no other quarterback that we're talking about is is put in the position to do. Yes, it's the Ravens; it, it, it's part of their fault, but you can't put it all on Lamar. Playoff games are not all on Lamar. Just like the Dolphins game last year, when, when they're up like twenty something points in the fourth quarter. You can't put it all on Lamar, and so the fact that we're we, we we're even having some of these conversations, uh, I, I just you're talking about a unanimous MVP. The man can throw the ball, and he gets like it's like you just said, he gets the narrative of oh he's a running quarterback, blah blah blah. But as we stated before, you know he he, he was hurt in the pocket, and, and well, so it, I just think that you put these weapons around him, and and you might see the. Uh, an even bigger jump than what Jalen Hurts got when he was surrounded by a cast, not just on offense, but on defense as well. As we said before, this is one of the most injured teams in the last couple of years, and, they were still, they, and they're always still on top. Now, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Now, now I will say this. That's what I want to see. I want to see Lamar Jackson with the weapons around him because when you take – the quarterbacks I'm about to name. You take Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen's first two years, he didn't. He completed in the, in the 50% uh, tile range. Never went over 60% the, either, either one of those years. And then when they got a Stephon Diggs, the number one receiver, things changed for Josh Allen. You look at Jalen Hurts last season when he was able to get A.J. Brown to go along with Devontae Smith. With Dallas Goddard in the offensive line, he was able to be better as a quarterback. You look at Trevor Lawrence when he got Kristen Kirk and was able to get Evan Ingram. He got better as a quarterback. And then you go to Joe Burrow and what he's been able to have. Joe Burrow has two number one wide receivers on his team and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Then you look at Justin Herbert and what he has and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is one of the best route runners in the game of football right now. Lamar Jackson never had that. And still, with the Baltimore Ravens, with him having to be Superman, with guys getting injured left and right, had this team afloat as the number one team in the AFC two years ago, but also with the leading the AFC North a year ago. And then you hear his teammates after the playoff game against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals say, if we would have had Lamar, we would have won that game. 
So I, I don't understand what a lot of people are talking about when it comes to Lamar Jackson, but you give Lamar Jackson any one of those guys that the other quarterbacks that I just named had, I think we'll be having a different conversation today as well. There's just a huge case study with Justin Herbert. And I'll say this loud because I'm a Raiders fan. Everybody knows this. Justin Herbert, I think, is a great quarterback and deserves every penny he's going to get this year. All I'm saying is that in a winner-get-in final week of the season game against the Raiders, the Chargers lost. In his first playoff game, the Chargers lost. And we don't create some narrative that Justin Herbert can't win the big game. We didn't create a narrative that Joe Burrow can't win the, the big game because he lost in the Super Bowl and then lost to the Chiefs. We create that around Lamar because it's just the convenient, easy thing to do for somebody that wants to get paid and people don't want him to get paid. I, I, don't, I don't understand that narrative because it doesn't exist for everybody else. When Justin Herbert wins a playoff game, I listen to the playoff narrative on Lamar Jackson. Until then, that just it, it just has to stop for me. All right, we'll get back to the NFL. We'll get back to more of your calls. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Love y'all calling in, chiming in. It's community here. But in the meantime, the NBA definitively crowned the biggest loser over the course of the weekend, and we will absolutely eviscerate them next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. This is just a transparent tank job. It's not so much waving the white flag. It's, you know, decisions sometimes are hard in this business. These are decisions that are made for my bosses. This is just a transparent tank job. The Mavericks decided that they would rather prioritize lottery position. Right in the right corner for three. It's the top of the board. The horn sounds. The game is over. It's not so much waving the white flag. It's, you know, decisions sometimes are hard in this business. These are decisions that are made from my bosses, and we, we got to, you know, follow them. And, and we trust Cuban and, and Nico are going to, you know, put the pieces together. The Dallas Mavericks openly tanked to finish their season when they had a chance at the play-in. The question is, what now and why? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. The Mavericks played Luka Doncic 13 minutes on Friday, sat him on Sunday despite still being in contention for the play-in. They were trying to protect their first-round pick. For anyone that doesn't know, it's a top-10 protected pick from their deal to acquire Kristaps Porzingis from the Knicks a year ago, uh, or a few years ago, I should say. So what does that mean? That means if the pick remains in the top-10 after the draft lottery, uh, they they get to keep it. They don't have to give it up. If it's not in the top-10, then they would have to give it up in that trade, right? So part of the reason they sat their players, even though they had a chance, or the reason they sat their players, even though they had a chance to play in the play-in, was because what they really wanted to to do was protect that draft pick per Brian Windhorst this morning by missing the playoffs. Had they made the playoffs they had a 14% chance they were going to get to keep the pick. That's not great. By missing the playoffs, they have an 82% chance of keeping the pay, the pick. So with the, the possibility of a play on in the line, uh, play in on the line, I should say, Harry, the Mavs laid down and they said, no, we'd rather have a draft pick. I, I hate everything about it. I hate the concept of it. I hate the way they did it. I hate why they did it. 
I think I hate how transparent they were. I don't think it makes any sense in my mind to protect a top 10 draft pick. This is not the NFL draft. Having the eighth overall pick in next year's draft is not suddenly going to make them a championship contender. All they're going to do is get a guy that's probably going to be on the roster for a few years that most of them people have never even heard of that might be a building piece and they're still going to have to go to free agency to get anything around them. This was asinine. This was disrespectful to the league and I think the league should come down with the thunder of the gods. I also think it's disrespectful to the game fits. Um, especially those players who have competed all year long, you know, with the old guys that they had and then, you know, after the trade was made. Now, were they better after the trade? Record-wise, no. You have a better player in Kyrie Irving, but you're still missing some pieces. But here's my thing. You look at the NBA playoffs last season, and they played the first three games without Luka Doncic um, against the Utah Jazz last season. And I didn't pick them to win that series, especially with Luka not playing. But they found a way to win that series. And then Luka came back late in, in, in the series as well, came back in game four. Then they go on to beat the Phoenix Suns, in which I didn't think they were going to win that series either, and competed in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. You get an opportunity to get into the play-in and, you know, win a game and you're in a certain spot to win two games. I think they had to win two games to solidify the eight seed. You have to do that because you don't know what can happen on the back end. You have two of the biggest stars in the NBA and Luka and Kyrie who can go for 40, 50 any given night. Granted, I understand they don't play defense the way they're supposed to play defense, but still, anything could happen. And just a year ago, you made the Western Conference Finals when no one expected you to even get there. How many times do you hear me say, Fitz, when we're talking about Dallas Mavericks from last season, I don't know how the hell they got there, but they end up getting there. Mm-hmm. I say it multiple times, right? So from a competitive nature, I, I honestly want to know how Luka feels about it. I want to know how Kyrie Irving feels about it. Because if you have an opportunity, and I understand you want that top 10 draft pick, but Fitz, I'm with you on this, on this thing. Is that top 10 draft pick really going to help you that much more the following year? Is Luka going to be excited that you pick somebody with that top 10 draft pick versus pop potentially, you know, coming back and running it back with Kyrie Irving? We I don't mean, know. And there's a chance that they don't even end up in the top 10. Like, there's exactly. still a mathematical chance that they don't get to keep the pick. You asked what Luka thinks about it. I, I should let the world know. This is an exchange that he had with our very own Tim McMahon at the press conference afterwards. Never did I say, hey, Luka is indicating that you're going to request a trade. What I said is, if they don't get this right over the next year, there is a fear that you could come to them as Anthony Davis did in New Orleans, James Harden did in, in, uh, in, in Houston, Kevin Durant just did in, in Brooklyn, and say, hey, if we don't have a chance to win a championship, you know, something's got to change. I know what you're saying, uh, but so, I'm, ha- I'm happy here. Okay. So, there's nothing to worry about. So Lucas says he's happy here. But if you're trying to win a championship, either way, the problem is you can't have it both ways, right, Harry? Like, you're either building through free agency with stars or you're building through the draft. Right now, I've looked at three different sites, and so far, the three different mock drafts I I see, for one one that I love, I love Tankathon. I use it all all the time for our NFL stuff. Tankathon right now has their mock. Taylor Hendricks at the 10th overall pick, uh, the forward out of UCF. Taylor Hendricks, 10th overall pick. Uh, Is anybody sitting here saying, you know what, guys, it's (laughs) worth it. We didn't make the playoffs, but we got Taylor Hendricks. We're headed to the NBA. 
NBA Finals next year. Like, it's not that this isn't the NFL draft. It, it takes so much longer for NBA guys to work in, right? It takes so much longer for NBA guys to make the difference they need to make. If the concern is that you're trying to build a team that can win and keep Luka happy, if that's at all a concern, you ain't doing it this way. Like, there's no way well, uh, you're bringing in somebody though, that way. If they felt like they needed to do it during the draft, why would you trade for Kyrie Irving? Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you bring Kyrie Irving over if you feel like the draft is the spot you need to do that? And you, you just mentioned you hit the nail uh, right on the head. They're trying to have their cake and their ice cream as well. And I don't think they can do that in this situation. Luka wants to win right now. I'm pretty sure Mark Cuban wants to win right now. But doing what he just did and letting the world know what, he, what, they, what they were doing, I don't think it's a good look for the NBA. I think it's disrespectful to the game. And I also think it's disrespectful to those players who go out there every single night giving their all to have an opportunity to win a championship. Granted, whether you think you're going to win it or not, but you have an opportunity to make the playoffs. The playoffs. You were just in the Western Conference Finals a year ago. So I'm, I know these players aren't excited. You, look, did you hear Jason Kidd in, in, in his voice, in the demeanor? He's saddened by it. You, you, there's so much that goes into these decisions. And I understand people banking for the future. But when the future of the NBA draft is so difficult to bank on, what you've done is you've just set up the wrong culture for everything they're trying to do. All right, we want your thoughts on the Mavericks' decision. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, one reason the NBA could and should punish them. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 